Hello and welcome back to Coin Scrum Markets for our Friday wrap. Welcoming back Nick Mancini, Chief Community Officer at Trade the Chain. Hey Nick, how are you doing? Doing very well. How about you, Paul? Uh, very good, thank you. Very good. Um, for the uh, second uh, session running, uh, we're able to talk about frothier markets than we had been. Uh, everything's still hovering on its recent highs and some uh, very strong moves that we'll talk about shortly as well. But um, Let's kick off. Uh, what have you been looking at over the last week in the markets? What's been catching your attention and what's uh, been a driver on these, uh, the, the strength in the market? Yeah, so some of the big news drivers, there hasn't been anything overly bullish, but I think one of the big ones that people were focusing on earlier was the crypto market cap making uh, or busting through 2 trillion again. I think it's at 2.04 trillion at the time of this conversation. So that was actually a pretty big milestone. I, I remember, you know, what was it? A, a little over a year ago, we were talking about 1 trillion. Uh, so now 2 trillion is the psychological number and I'm very excited for 3 trillion to come. But uh, that's been that's been the talk of the town lately, kind of big, uh, you know, party party uh, poppers going off for that yeah. one. So 1 trillion at a time. Yep. 1 trillion at a time. So the other ones are kind of neutral, but significant in the sense that people are talking about them and it's bringing crypto, you know, into the limelight again. Um, Vitalik Buterin uh, of Ethereum is joining the Doge advisory board along with, I believe, someone from Elon Musk's family office and a few other prominent crypto individuals. So uh, I believe Dogecoin is trying to legitimize themselves, which is an interesting development because the argument has been that they're not legit. So if they can add some sort of legitimacy, maybe that, uh, you know, all that Robinhood Dogecoin volume may, you know, stop becoming fun money and actually real money. Okay. Well, I don't um, know. I'm not sure if I'm buying into it yet, but you know, who are we to argue against Vitalik? You're not Dogecoin to the moon? Not quite yet. I'm still thinking about it. I'm still doing my research. Speaking of another coin uh, that is headed towards the moon, uh, a Cardano announced uh, smart contracts are supposed to go live on September 12th or 13th, depending on where the blocks lie. So that's actually very bullish for Cardano. We're going to discuss that sentiment in a couple minutes, but that's been a big talk of the town as well. And I know Solana has also been heavy in the news, but less on uh, network developments, whereas it, Cardano's smart contracts have been highly anticipated for, <laughs> you know, two, three years now. So uh, pretty big news. Um, moving. Oh, did you have anything? No, no, no. Let's, okay. let's carry on. We'll come back to uh, moving. Moving forward, Walmart is hiring a crypto expert, which is further legitimizing uh, the crypto space and, and, and as well as Wells Fargo and JP Morgan also filed for Bitcoin trust. So we've got some big corporation banking influence happening on, on Bitcoin and crypto as well. Um, and then finally, the Poly Network hacker, which I'm sure you guys heard about last week, he has returned all the stolen funds, um, which was very interesting because he seemed black hat at first. He got doxxed. He had a Reddit AMA, uh, and then now he's returned all of the funds. So it's probably, this has been a reality show of, of hacks, if you want to call it that. It's been quite perplexing, but good news in the end, the money is returned. Um, hopefully all of the people affected get their money back. Um, the final kind of bearish one, unfortunately, has to do with another hack, but really didn't affect the market too bad, is Liquid Exchange out of Japan was hacked for 90 million, I want to say within the last 24, 48 hours. So 
not entirely big, um, you know, but significant. They're investigating, and we will. I'll update more on my Twitter, um, and we'll probably discuss this next week as we learn more as well. So, not overly bearish, but not a good thing to happen either. So, okay, uh, was a few things to chew on there. Um, and look, we're talking about sentiment here, and we're going to look at uh, first up the uh, Cardano sentiment charts. Um, and you know, apart from what we discussed there um, in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of uh, attention in the US in particular about the uh, US infrastructure bill, um, some of the kind of onerous uh, wording of uh, some crypto related matters in that. Um, you know, things, we had that hack and yes, it turned out to be a white hat hacker. Um, and you, you mentioned this uh, centralized exchange hack as well, liquid out of Japan. Um, you know, sentiment, you know, in other worlds, other markets might have uh, taken some of that news more negatively. Um, everything's remained positive in the crypto world. It's uh, interesting how a lot of these things get brushed off, I guess. Um, and the nature, by its very nature, people understanding, maybe accepting that there's risks in these markets and they just, they have to, you know, it's kind of par for the course at the moment. It's a learning exercise, expensive one in some cases. Yeah, and one of the things that I mean, I didn't cover this t this week because it didn't really wasn't really made majorly in the news, but the infrastructure bill was quite interesting how it kind of decreased sentiment, but didn't entirely negatively affect price action. Um, and that was kind of, you know, we can get into a battle between how retail and institutional uh, crowds view the news and how they react and stuff like that, too. But there is less of that in the news, but the market is still heading up with it looming over our head. So in that sense, you know, looking at the sentiment, the market is pricing all of this in no matter what. They, but trust me, they're always looking a year or two ahead. So something is saying that, you know, maybe this bill isn't as big of a worry as it was made to be in the beginning. So that's kind of the idea now, but obviously we have to wait for the, the data to come in, so. Sure, okay, well look, let's look at this Cardano uh, sentiment chart and uh, talk us through this. Sure, so speaking of, you know, the contract boost. So um, last week, you know, you saw in the beginning of this chart is the, the hump that was, the announcement news. So there is an announcement for an announcement, uh, which you crypto love. So Cardano had a boost, then I uh, made it all the way up to, I think, 2.4 uh, or no, 2.25, something like that. Uh, and then it kind of consolidated. And then towards the end of this week, as people began to talk about smart contracts, we saw sentiment pick up um, as well as a massive boost in price action. And I want to say we made it to 2.7, 2.8, something like, or maybe 2.6 last night. Um, so, you know, big boost for Cardano. Uh, the sentiment is mainly because of smart contracts. They're supposed to go live in, I think, three to four weeks or, you know, estimated. So expect sentiment to continue to be high and for Cardano to continue to be a heavily traded coin. If you actually look at this chart, you can see the trading volume is plus 240% of its average, um, which is pretty crazy, which means the market is, is very much attracted to this asset. And uh, we believe that this will be quite bullish uh, into early September. Well, there's a lot of expectation on Cardano, uh, given that it's, you know, the leading um, smart contracting platform behind Ethereum, um, highest up there are off Ethereum on, on the leaderboard, um, and they're only just releasing their smart contracting capabilities. So, uh, you know, I think it's, we need to see over coming months um, and over the next year how this is going to be adopted and how many people are going to start building properly on Cardano because obviously the market's saying it has big expectations of this project. 
Yeah, we always know that the news generally creates a sell event, but if smart contracts go live, you know, that could be a huge boost for them. Or, and if it doesn't, they're reciprocal. So we'll see. Okay. Well, let's move on to a network where smart contracting is far more limited, too limited in many people's minds, but uh, how it should be in other people's minds. I'm not saying which camp I'm in. Um, Bitcoin, how's, uh, let's look at the sentiment chart here. Back yeah, not too many gaps. Not too many dApps getting built on Bitcoin, um, but it is the backbone of crypto. So, um, you know, speaking of some of the, you know, neutral to bearish news um, in accordance with technical analysis. So we talked about this a few weeks ago, but generally when Bitcoin is in a very precarious kind of technical zone and there isn't a lot of news to really push it around or, or influence it, so to speak, we generally see sentiment reacting from technicals more so than fundamentals. So we saw Bitcoin uh, and you can kind of see in the blue price action line, you know, what looked like it might have been a double top earlier in the week we had um you know was pressing towards what we knew as resistance was uh we had a, i think a 60 percent boost since july 21st so people were expecting bitcoin to come back to reality maybe 40k and that really did not happen um in any sense it, it really only dropped to 44k and it's been quite strong since but you're seeing negative sentiment because people are negatively reacting to the technicals and you saw a lot of tweets I'm going to short Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going to go here. We saw short actually pick up on the derivatives charts, meaning that more um, uh, institutional traders were short than long. So we had very interesting, um, you know, wonky sentiment in terms of the retail and institutional crowd sparring and what was going to happen. So fortunately, Bitcoin did not drop. Sentiment did pick up and it's now on its way back to bullish levels. So it's kind of really in that neutral area. So we'll, we will dig into the technicals um, in a, just a couple of minutes. But right now, um, even though you're seeing some red on the sentiment, I'm taking this as a setting in which technicals are being the, uh, are the main focal points. And that is not generally a, a bad thing to see when you see bearish sentiment. It's just that means play the technicals as they lie. Um, and wait for fundamentals to give you a good buy or sell sign for a significant move. Okay, um, we're going to just cover off all the sentiment charts uh, in order. So before we go on to the technicals, uh, let's finish up with looking at the Ethereum sentiment chart here. Yeah, so a little bit similar for Bitcoin, but Ethereum has had a lot more going for it lately due to NFTs and DeFi. So if you actually go to Ethereum's gas tracker right now, you will see that pretty much the top 50% of gas usage are NFTs and DeFi and a little bit of stable coins. So, um, and what have been what has been very hot in the news lately, DeFi and NFTs. I think everyone's launching an NFT project right now. Everyone wants a punk. Um, so Ethereum has just has a, had a lot going for it culturally as well as on the network. It just has dApps are exploding in usage um, and gas after EIP 1559 has been um, normalized. So it's just easier to transact and there's a lot happening. So you're seeing kind of a wonky sentiment and very similar price action to Bitcoin. So right now sentiment is moving back towards bullish neutral. Whenever that occurs, price action generally follows. So um, we hope to see Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of still run in tandem moving forward because they just have so much going for it. Bitcoin is the backbone. It's the supposed to be the inflation hedge. And then Ethereum is the supercomputer of crypto. It is, it is where all the experimentation happens. It's where the leaders of 
uh, decentralized applications are. So we expect them to move together closely. Um, and we do expect sentiment to be quite wonky until the, the current resistance levels are broken um, that we will get into in a second. Okay. Right. Well, let's move. Uh, you mentioned them previously. Let's move on to looking at some of the technicals. Um, we'll start out yep. with Bitcoin. I recall when we were speaking week after week um, about Bitcoin languishing in that uh, range around $30,000. Um, you know, conversation then is whether we were going to make uh, new new lows before bounce or many potential bounce. And I think at the time, a lot of uh, charters that you spoke to, uh, I certainly thought it was looking around any bounces going towards the 48,000 mark. It was around the breakdown level from uh, the highs earlier in the year. Uh, and we're back around these levels. So uh, what are you seeing in this chart here? Yeah, so I think two weeks ago when we last spoke, I did not entirely expect Bitcoin to make that big of a boost, but I did, I do remember, and I went back to the chart to confirm that we did discuss a bit of a boost around that, you know, that low to mid 30 range. So I'm glad to see Bitcoin, or I'm glad to see we were right and Bitcoin's been moving higher. Um, but currently where we stand is we've been in this trading range for basically, you know, I think just about 10 days now. Um, so you, you've got uh, two double tops, or you've got a double top and then you've got a double bottom um, that basically perfectly forms the range for us. Um, yesterday on Twitter, I said that Bitcoin needed to break both the center of the trading range and that uh, that moving average uh, that you see here, which is the 50 moving average. And it needed to uh, form that to support to actually be able to boost higher. So, you know, break through the resistance. Uh, turn resistance into support and then use that as a springboard to move higher is generally the idea. So it broke through resistance. We got consolidation overnight, which means the Asian markets um, were at war with the buy pressure from the American markets overnight. Um, and right now it looks like we're faltering a little bit. So I would, I could very much see Bitcoin dropping maybe $500, $600 um, this morning when American markets open, have some volatility occur. But we have seen Bitcoin rise nearly every single weekend that you and I have been talking this summer. It's been, it's been very interesting. It, it generally did not happen before and it has been happening. Um, and when you see a trend, you have to ride the trend until it's broken. So my idea is for this weekend is that we come back to that 50 moving average and or the center of the trading range. And we boost back up to then hit 48K and hopefully break through 48K. Now, if we come back to the center of the trading range and that fails, we are the first target would be the 100 moving average, which you saw a bounce on, uh, I believe, yesterday. And then the second target would be the bottom of the trading range for hopefully a triple bottom to then lift us higher. So best case scenario is a bounce just five, six hundred dollars lower. Um, worst case scenario is we make it back down to 44K for another decision zone. So that's what the technicals are currently looking like. Um, and you can see we have a lot of order book interest uh, in that level down to the center of the trading range as well. So uh, our belief is that coupled with a rising sentiment, price should continue higher throughout the weekend. But if not, you got your levels. Okay. Right. Let's move on to Ethereum technicals then. Yeah, so <laughs> you're going to be like, did they change the chart? Uh, <laughs> it looks uh, very similar. Um, it's just not as extremely well-defined as, as Bitcoin's kind of trading ranges. So kind of got kind of, you know, this triple bottom kind of area where this, this range in the, you know, the 24, uh, or I mean, 2900 area, um, uh, you saw bounces. You kind of have that double top action that you saw with Bitcoin. So the trading range is well-defined here. That's what you really want to look for for using this as a method. 
Um, we busted through the center of the trading range. The 50 moving average is a little higher, um, but it has acted as support before. But I, I personally believe that the center of the trading range is a little bit more important than the moving averages for Ethereum, um, especially in this context. So um, what I'm expecting is Ethereum to bounce either at the 50 moving average or center of the trading range and move higher, just like kind of what we discussed with Bitcoin. And if it does not, um, expect the bottom of the trading range to be the first area of supports if we break through that. But again, as long as sentiment is rising um, and trading volume picks up as well, um, the price should rise. Okay, right. So uh, moving on, um, something we've uh, you know discussed regularly is uh, normally finished up on is uh, Bitcoin's dominance, looking at you know, its relative strength or weakness against the market as a whole. Often said that you know Ethereum is a proxy for the rest of the alt market. But we're going to go a bit more granular this week. Um, look at some other. Um, kind of dominance charts as well. But let's start off with the Bitcoin dominance chart here. Um, and I guess those previous uh, Ethereum and um, Bitcoin charts uh, looked quite similar over the short term, but then, you know, uh, zooming out a little bit over the longer term, seeing, um, you know, where the strength and weaknesses have been against each. Yeah, I figured end of August would be a great time to start looking at other dominance charts because it's it's just going to tell you where or where not exactly strength, but where you might be able to create the most value for your trade. So starting with Bitcoin dominance is the easiest because you know I'm sure most of us hold predominantly maybe Bitcoin or Ethereum. So this is just a great one to look to. Uh, I did check back last time we spoke. We discussed the possibility of a head and shoulders uh, playing out on the chart, which it did. The neckline was officially broken, and now we are at, unfortunately, where we are. Bitcoin dominance has basically just dropped since the last time we spoke. Um, I lined out the two next support levels of where I would expect Bitcoin dominance to break down if it uh, cannot hold this level. And again, this isn't a tradable asset, so this isn't 100% exactly how you would trade a, a, a true Bitcoin chart, but this gives you a great idea. So Bitcoin dominance very much could drop to 42% or lower over the next month or so. This is entirely plausible. Um, and if that does happen, then Ethereum and altcoins may show greater strength in the short term. Now, if Bitcoin does somehow turn around, um, we would look for the 46% number or 45, 46% to kind of uh, be the, the target. So um, just important to watch this if you were debating on whether or not to be heavier in Bitcoin or heavier in Ethereum going into Q4. Okay. So uh, seeing relevant, relevant strength in Ethereum um, versus Bitcoin and other alts, um, for the first time we look at this uh, Ethereum dominance chart. So if you can talk us through this. Yeah, and I believe last time we spoke, this was actually kind of at the top of the range as well. And we were discussing what may happen if it actually breaks through the ascending triangle. So it obviously did not. It came back down to reality, which is very interesting because and I and I was monitoring these charts. And it's, this is why I included another dominance chart that we're going to talk about. I knew people would ask if Bitcoin dominance is dropping and Ethereum dominance is dropping. Where's the dominance going? You know, how can they both drop? So um, it's very interesting to see that happening. And we're going to get into that in a second. But uh, in terms of the actual technicals, you have a confluence of the 50 moving average, the 100 moving average, as well as the trend support 
for Ethereum here. So this is basically, it's, if you're looking for a support level, this is where you would go long 90% um, of the time if you're an experienced trader. So it looks to appear to be as Ethereum is going to continue to rise over the next few weeks, um, which is very interesting if you are debating on whether or not to be heavily exposed to Ethereum or Bitcoin. Obviously, this is not 100% proven, but betting man says that the Ethereum dominance chart looks like probably the better play than Bitcoin, which is going to be very interesting over the next few weeks. But since they've both been dropping, where is all that money going? Okay, so should we look at the others dominance chart then, Nick? Yes, and it's funny, it's literally, it's literally just called the others chart. There's the Bitcoin just the dominance. others. Yes. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, you could write a book about this, it's crazy. But um, in terms of the others dominance, this is basically altcoins outside of the um, ERC20 dominated universe uh, and the Bitcoin universe. So think Solana, Polkadot, uh, Cardano, things like that. Um, any technical trader just kind of looking for patterns off the bat to me, this looks like a bull flag and a, and a very bullish one at that because it's kind of, it, it doesn't even have a third bounce at the lower end of the channel. So basically throughout 2021, you had a strong increase. You had a bit of a decline, but it's within the range. And now it's pressing the very top of the recent trading range. Um, betting man and me says that we may have a little consolidation come back down to that blue line or the 200 moving average, um, which could give, you know, Ethereum a nice little boost in the short term, uh, potentially Bitcoin as well. But it does look like the others may uh, have a very fun end of Q3 going into Q4. Now, what does this mean if the others look very bullish? Um, this could be the beginning of a true alt season is what you would kind of call this. So you may see the Twitter influencers and the YouTubers start coming out and saying alt season is coming soon. Um, you know, don't buy into the hype unless you understand what they're talking about. And I think the best metric to gauge is alt season going to come or my alt's going to go crazy is the other's dominance. If this breaks through the level shown, it is going to get very bullish very quickly. Um, but definitely expect some consolidation first because we know uh, that people, we, we know that crowded trades rarely win every single time. So don't always go for the crowded trade. Always, always be a little bit patient. It, it will likely pay off in the long run. Yeah. Well, I've not, yeah, I was thinking that this week because we've already seen signs of that. We've seen, um, you know, we've mentioned Cardano, um, Solana, which we spoke oh. about a few weeks ago, has made new all-time highs. So we're seeing some of these smaller alts making new all-time highs, um, whereas uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum are both, you know, good 25% at least short of uh, their uh, all-time highs from earlier in the year. Again, something that we've pointed out before is that in traditional markets, you might like traders might look at blue chip stocks against uh, smaller cap stocks. And um, if they're not both confirming kind of, uh, you know, new trends to all time highs at the same time, it's, uh, it's something to watch out for in terms of like, you know, confirming a trend. So I think that's something that's important for people, worthwhile people keeping an eye on that. You know, if alts go crazy, um, are they going to drag Bitcoin and ETH to new all times highs with it? Um, and if they don't, what does that mean for, for the market longer term? Um, yep. but, and, I think, and I think that one point about you confirming the trend is key. You have to confirm the trend. You know, don't yeah. just bet on the trend. Wait for mm -hmm. it to confirm and then place your bet. So that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, Nick, as always, uh, thanks for bringing uh, some of these new charts to look at this week. Uh, thanks for your insights, and we will see you again next week. Thanks so much, Paul. Have a great weekend. You too.